0: we're in the midst of a sermon series on studying scriptures in which uh, we focus on uh, acting on the things that we believe. And I think one of the most important actions that we can do as Christians is to simply pray. Now, scripture, today's scripture passage contains some of, I think, Jesus's most familiar words. It contains the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer is found in only two of the Gospels, here in Luke but also in Matthew. The version in Luke is is shorter than Matthew's version, but it comes right after an episode in which Jesus had been praying. And one of his disciples came up to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so on that note, let's look at our scripture. It comes from Luke chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 1 through 13. And this is what the scripture says. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves are. Forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search. And you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there among you, is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? Amen. So I want to begin my message this morning seeking a little congregational participation. So I want you to talk and share some thoughts with me. I have a question for you, and the question is this, who taught you to pray and what did they teach you? So who, who taught you to pray and what did they teach you? And I'm open to all answers. Don't be bashful. My grandmother. Your grandmother, OK. Terry, did I see your hand? He said his dad taught him to pray from his heart, what's on his heart. Yes. Oh, you me. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I did not put him up to that. <laughs> Lee, if you didn't hear her, said her mother taught her to pray and that she taught her that she could pray anywhere, and that's so true. Uh, there's no place we cannot pray. Yes, your grandmother taught you that prayer is something that should be treated with great reverence. Jana. And, you know, that fits in perfectly with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you know, it begins, Our Heavenly Father. You know, the, when I think about my own childhood, I, I remember that my family prayed together quite frequently. We always prayed together at the dinner table. And at bedtime, my mom would usually come and sit on my bed, and we would say together, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Maybe you said that same prayer. As an adult, as I look back on that prayer, I I do think it's a little bit morbid for a (laughs) five-year-old. Sure hope no five-year-old dies. Goodness. But over the years, I've, I've learned about prayer from a lot of different people, including my mom. Um. some books that I've read by people like Thomas Merton, Philip Newell, Richard Foster, and Henry Nowen have all been really useful to me. Anne Lamott um, has taught me two prayers that she says regularly. One prayer is, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the other prayer is, help me, help me, help me. (laughs) And I highly recommend both of those to you. But, you know, of all the spiritual practices that the Christian faith has given us, prayer, I think, is the most utilized. And I am really grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because the the church needs us to be people of prayer. And prayer certainly lifts us up when we're down. It gives us guidance when we need direction. And it provides a space where we can celebrate the good things in life. Also believe that there is always something more that we can learn from prayer and about prayer. Yeah, the Bible has a lot to teach us. Woven throughout the scriptures are various prayers by people like Hannah, David, Solomon, Jeremiah, Mary, Paul, and of course, Jesus. And each of their prayers offers something unique. Now in today's reading from Luke, Jesus teaches us uh, He teaches us to pray simply and directly to God as if God is our Father, God is our Heavenly Father. Now this is, as we know, the Lord's Prayer. And right after teaching this prayer, Jesus instructs us that we're not to pray in fear and doubt, but rather with confidence and with trust that God takes delight in in answering our prayers. Now, as I mentioned a few moments ago, the Lord's Prayer that we're looking at here in Luke is shorter than the version found in Matthew, and that's the more familiar one. Now, Luke's version contains only five petitions as opposed to seven in Matthew. But these five petitions are all important. The first two, Hallowed be your name and your kingdom come. Focus on God. And then the next three petitions for daily bread, for for forgiveness of sins, and for being spared the time of trial, those involve asking for help in our daily life. So that's that's one difference we see between the two different versions of the Lord's Prayer. Another difference uh, that we see in these two different versions is that in Matthew, uh, Jesus had been sharing various thoughts about prayer in general, and then he offered the Lord's Prayer as a modeled prayer. But in Luke, Jesus had been praying, and then he shared the Lord's Prayer in direct response to a question that one of his disciples had asked, or a comment from one of his disciples. And that disciple had said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I I do wonder why that disciple... Asked Jesus to teach them about prayer. That seems like a, a bit of an odd request from one of the disciples. You know, all of them had grown up in the synagogue. They had all grown up going to worship and hearing public prayers. So you would think they would know how to pray already. But apparently not. Something wasn't clicking with them. Maybe it's because the prayers that they had been saying now felt inadequate in light of what they were discovering about God from Jesus. Or maybe the, the prayers that they had been hearing in the synagogue didn't translate into meaningful conversation with the Lord. After all, Jesus had referred to hypocrites who prayed in the synagogues so that others might see them. And that's obviously not a good example to learn from. But the fact that Jesus responded to his disciple by sharing this model prayer suggests that he knew that prayer is something that all people need help with. Newcomers to the faith as well as seasoned Christians need this kind of assistance. And I think pastors do too. I know I do. A lot of my clergy friends have voiced their struggles with prayer. And praying can be one of the hardest parts of the Christian life because we face all kinds of challenges when we pray. Sometimes our minds wander. Sometimes we get sleepy. Sometimes we get bored praying for the same thing day after day. Sometimes we get antsy with the demands of the day and we feel like we have to get on with life. We don't have time just to sit there and pray for a long time in the morning. And for me, some of the big philosophical questions about prayer creep in. Questions like, if God knows what's in my heart, then why do I have to tell him? And why should I pray for the same things every day? You know, I don't repeat myself to other people. Why should I repeat myself to God? Well, sometimes we do have questions and doubts about prayer. But Jesus wants us to trust that God hears our prayers and delights in answering them, just like parents who take delight in answering the request of their children. This is the point that Jesus is making in his parable of the persistent friend. And in this parable we, we learn that God is approachable, and we should approach God often and have confidence that the Lord will answer our prayers. Now, in the parable, Jesus describes a person who visits his friend at midnight and asks a favor. Now, this is an unlikely situation, but that's not the point Jesus is making. Jesus' original audience would have quickly picked up on the fact that Jesus was talking about hospitality here. And he was talking about hospitality as a way of making a bigger point. See, a person who refuses to help a friend would have violated the established customs of hospitality that existed back in the first century. You know, persistently knocking on the neighbor's door at midnight while being denied help would have broadcast to the world the shameless behavior of a friend who stays in bed rather than helping out a friend in his time of need. And the potential sense of shame would have eventually led to a change in behavior. So the point that Jesus is making is that even if a person acted like this and stayed in bed and refused to offer any help initially, eventually that friend would change his tune and do the right thing because of the persistence of the person asking for help. And I also think that he realizes that he's not going to get any sleep with his friend knocking on the door, so he might as well get up and help. Now, this parable illustrates for us the fact that God is eager to help. In fact, God is much more committed to help people in need than this friend in the parable and that means we can have confidence when we pray and we should be persistent with our prayers because god will give us what we need now to overcome any doubts we might have about this jesus says ask and it will be given you search and you will find knock and the door will be open for you For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, this teaching is not about treating God as if He's Santa Claus. That's not what it's saying here. God gives us what's necessary and what's beneficial for us, not whatever we desire, but when we have a true need. Jesus wants us to pray and trust that God will hear us and will answer our prayers. Now, it seems to me that Jesus originally shared this parable with people who were fearful. Perhaps they saw themselves as unworthy to ask God for anything. Or maybe they they believed that nothing in life would ever change no matter how much they prayed. But whatever they were dealing with, Jesus wanted them, and I think he wants us to realize that we can come to God with confidence and with assurance that the Lord listens to the longings of our hearts and God is always ready and eager to share grace and mercy with us. And Jesus insists that while we may act like the friend who was grumpy about helping out his neighbor... God is always ready to respond. And therefore, we can trust that God hears us and is eager to give us what we need. And Jesus promises that God will act in love on behalf of those who come to him in prayer. Now, I think we all understand that. We all understand that it's good to be persistent with our prayers. But what does this really look like? Now, what steps can we take to be more persistent in our prayer life? Are there certain practices or certain disciplines that we can cultivate? Well, for me, there are three ideas that come to mind that I'd like to share with you, and I think the first one is quite obvious, and that's with daily prayer. Let's remember that one of the valuable things that we find in the Lord's Prayer is that it reminds us that God is our father who wants to hear from us every day question is are we making time for prayer every day if not i want to encourage you to get into the practice of setting aside just start with a few minutes to pray and to listen to god over time you can build on this and 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 work in more time into your schedule and that will certainly deepen your faith but don't be intimidated by this you just have to start small. So when you wake up in the morning, you could simply thank God for a new day and pray that you will live out God's will. And even if you struggle to find the right words, just start by reciting the Lord's Prayer. There's some really good things in that prayer. But the important thing to remember is to pray every day. Be persistent with your efforts. And persistence goes a long way. My son Owen used to wake up every morning around five in the the morning, Uh, every day, weekends, holidays, and even summer break. I remember the days when he would barge into our room and ask us what's for breakfast and if he could watch TV. Uh, Greatest thing to hear at 5 a.m., isn't it? Well, we would usually tell him to go back to bed because it was way too early. But then he would return five minutes later and we would have that conversation all over again. And it would keep happening like every five minutes. Well, eventually, we let Owen watch TV. We did so not because we love him, not because we want him to be happy, but because we just wanted some sleep. (laughs) But it goes to show that persistence pays off. It paid off for Owen. You know, in a similar way, Jesus encouraged his disciples to be persistent in their prayers to God. But unlike human parents, God actually takes great delight in hearing our prayers and answering them, no matter what time of day they may come. Now, a second step that we can take to be more persistent in our prayer life is to practice daily scripture reading. Now this doesn't involve reading books about the Bible, like devotionals or uh, Bible study books or books of scholarship. Those are all very important. But before you start reading what others have to say about the Bible and what others say about God, simply immerse yourself in the scriptures. We do need to know as much about the Bible as we can, and when we read from it every day, our faith will be made stronger, fuller, and richer. I like to think of this as watering the roots of our prayer life because it shapes our hearts. The Bible teaches us what we should be praying for, and it helps us listen more carefully to the voice of God. And a third step that I want to suggest to you that um, will help us grow in our persistence in praying involves our daily relationships with others. You know, in small and large groups, we have the space where we can read Scripture and pray together. We can ask questions and discuss answers. We can celebrate the victories in life and mourn over our losses. But we can do those things because we have a community around us. A community in in which we can do so many good things together. And and that community helps keep us accountable. And it helps us um, and guides us in praying for the right things. And that's, I think, one of the benefits of being part of a group of some kind. Whether that's a Sunday school class, a life group, or, or a prayer team. But praying with other people keeps us accountable. It keeps us committed. And it helps nurture and strengthen our prayer life. So daily prayer, regular Bible reading, and praying with others are, I think, three steps that we can take to cultivate persistence in our prayer life. This isn't an exhaustive list. You may come up with some other things that will help, but just remember to not shy away from sharing your requests with the Lord. Let's remember that God takes great delight in answering our prayers. And no matter how many times we go to the Lord with our petitions, we can trust that God hears us and is eager to answer our prayers.